Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unlimited Railworks. It is another episode, Video Game Choo Choo's Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Rose, and uh, LV isn't here this time. It's just me and the boys. Uh, the boys being John. Hi, John. Hello. And Maverick. Hi. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm kind of half asleep right now because I just woke up from a nap. So I apologize, but thank you. Well, I'm, I, I hope you're a little bit more rested than perhaps you might have been. I hope so, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Maverick's here also. Hi, Maverick. Hey, how's it going? I mean, John, we really got to fix that because tonight it's showtime. God, it sure is. <laughs> oh, so the, yeah, so this leads into, obviously, we're going to talk about the big O the series that we watched for this episode um at least did 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 we all watch it dubbed or has one of us watched it subbed i watched it dubbed i also watched it dubbed oh i made sure to put the dub on <laughs> all right cool 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 okay um so yeah for those who don't know big o was on the cartoon network back in the day um it's one of those like real big like oh this is a tsunami ass anime for sure um they got fucking steve bloom over on that their roger smith main character (laughs) um also very batman the animated series as we'll get into uh overall advice but you know dude goes around to this big city paradigm city that lives in a dome and they everyone lost their memories 40 years ago and we follow Roger, like I said, his main character. Um, well, he goes around with his big robot, Big O, uh, and uncovers the mystery. It's sort of like procedural, almost. Very, like, mm-hmm. uh, different story every week, but there's an overarching narrative in the background that they sort of get into. They definitely get into it more in the second season, but um, mm-hmm. that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about season one. Um John, since you picked this, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it first, since this is you rewatching it, right? Or no, this no, is my first time. First, time first I mean, time. that's right. You have, said that. I might have watched it as a kid, you know, but I don't not, remember. Yeah, not in that. like a yeah. meaningful way. Exactly. Um, show fucking owns. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. This with show you. whips ass. Uh, I, I I definitely highly enjoy uh, all of it that I've seen so far. Um, I, I have always been a big fan of the Bruce Timm, uh, animated shows. I am, I've not, never really been a big superhero guy throughout my life. You know, like I, I've obviously had aspects where I enjoyed things here and there, but growing up, I absolutely loved Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, but especially Justice League. The two Justice League shows are, like, some... That's, like, one of my favorite television shows of all time, period. Um, but it's just really nice to see uh, Sunrise... It's Sunrise, right? Yeah, Sunrise mm-hmm. uh, use their talent and uh, kind of continue on what they did with Batman the Animated Series to basically their own thing. Um... It's it's really funny to watch this because 
you can see the 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 inspiration like they are wearing their inspiration on their sleeve like there is an there's an episode where it's basically a poison ivy episode you know um one of the guys i i wouldn't say he's like the joker but he's kind of like like i i'd say like like as i was sitting there and watching the episodes with beck it's like i could see that they were like eh, we could kind of make a joker-esque character but not really go like as goofy you know like he's definitely like like just the way that he moves it reminded me a lot of animated series joker um but they 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 take that concept and they just completely made it their own like roger is a rich dude who looks like bruce wayne who's got a butler and doesn't like guns and is you know has has a mysterious past you know he's got a lot of bruce wayne in his dna but instead of being a like a socialite uh, instead of being like, like instead of being a um, like running a huge corporation like Bruce Wayne does, um, Roger is a negotiator. He just goes around and tries to solve problems mostly through talking and negotiating with people. But oftentimes he does have to get his hands dirty. And usually when he has to get his hands dirty, he calls up the Big O, and they. they sort of play around with that like secret identity thing by not having many people know that he's the one piloting the big o you know like usually he'll just kind of disappear and then he'll and then the robot will appear and the military police guy will be there and be like oh the mega deuce and uh <laughs> um so it's again it's not one-to-one but it is very much heavily inspired by uh their work on batman um, but it's just, I just think it's really fun. Like the, the animation is, is super solid. Great soundtrack. Um, I, I would say that like, it definitely isn't like a five out of five for writing. You know, there are, there is a lot of just like meandering around to go to the next, uh, like part of the story. Cause yeah, like Batman in the animated series for, for what, for, for how gorgeous it is for how just like amazing that show is it is also incredibly well written and i definitely don't think big o is as well written as like the best of the batman of the animated series but it's definitely still really well done and um you know it, it's it's an, it's a very interesting world to go into cuz like like you said uh this city everyone's memories were wiped like 40 years ago and the Basically, all the people of the city, which is... It's basically Gotham. Um, they are controlled, whether they really are aware of it or not, by the corporation that runs the city, Paradigm. Um, which, I guess they kind of sort of took... Um, like, oh, hey, if if Wayne Enterprises was like to try to take control of Gotham... How would that go, especially if Bruce Wayne didn't have, like, wasn't completely pure of heart, you know? Like, I think they probably tackled that there, too. Um, And this, this, this first half of the show doesn't really answer that much. It sets up a lot. It sets up a lot, and it has a lot of characters asking questions, and it has a lot of characters 
you know, like having little flashbacks and not really knowing fully what the, what kind of world they are living in. But it's it's getting there, you know, and I would like to see more. I, I do. I, I have seen that, like, you know, the second season isn't as well regarded as the first or at least the second half, I suppose. But so far, I'm just I'm just it, it, it is just a fun just badass show that I just, you know, as I was watching it, like every, after every episode, I was like, okay, I think that was my favorite one. Okay. Maybe now that one was my favorite one. Like after every episode, it was, it's just a good time to watch. I think that's like, that's how I feel. Yeah. Unlike, um, Batman, which has a basis in something, right? It has a basis in Mm -hmm. like the comics and the things that they can build off of and create these new ideas. Uh, to have more of a better structure and uh, like mm-hmm. consistent writing style, uh, this one is very much a show made off of vibes. Like it is very yes. like we had an aesthetic we wanted to go for. We have this mood, this idea, this tone that we want to go for, and we don't quite know how to go all the way there with it. But we do know how to present it. Like we know how to like capture this feeling or this idea through the animation, through the music. And it's great. I think the thing that really stood out to me was the, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, the, the like, not realistic, but like the tactile nature of everything, like how everything is very like physical. They, they focus on the physicality of everything. Like, I mean, the big thing with the big O is that it has the, uh, the sliding punch right along the axis where mm-hmm. he, he grabs the joystick and he slams it around the ring. And that's great, right? Like, that's awesome. I love that. They they take a lot of care to show how these things move. Like, I mean, I don't think they do it as much as time goes on because I think they kind of understand that, like, yeah, you, you know how this works by now. Like, in the early episodes, yeah, they show that sliding punch with that big wind... Just, and then there's also the the huge piston in the in the arm. They do that in yeah. the first episode, where it's just like, yeah, the big O punches something, and then there's just a piston that'll pop out and pop back in. So it's just like a double punch, basically. Um, and yeah, just like showing how the robot moves, they take a lot of care in showing that. Um, they have a lot of fun with um, with uh, Dorothy, uh, the, which you know I'm sure we'll t- we'll talk a bit more in a bit. But like they they like she she's an android, so they have a lot of fun like just having her move and like making sound effects like as like her neck turns, or you know if she's like showing how you know yeah of course if she's an android she's gonna be filled with a lot of parts. So there's a lot of bits where like people who don't know she's a robot are like trying to get her to move or something and they're trying to they're like oh she's a dainty girl let's just pick her up but no she she's like twice the twice the weight of like anyone there and so she's just like a big hunk of metal and it's 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 like the show is very much dedicated to highlighting the realities of how all of this stuff would work um if it were real and uh, you know even even if a lot of it is made up it's still and still trying to showcase uh, a general conceit of how it could work. Yeah. Before I get into it, I actually did, did want to ask Maverick, what was your take? Have you seen this before? I didn't know if you had or not, or if this was your first time. Uh, I feel like the Big O is... I, I remember the Big O as one of those things that I watched with the TV muted. Uh-huh. Either <clears throat> I was way, way, way laid up at night. 
and I was supposed to go to bed, or I ended up waking up too early and I was just needed something to do before I got ready for school. It, it sits in my mind as like something in that avenue, as would like Inuyasha and most of the other like tsunami 4 a.m., 5 a.m. interstitials. Um, before I really got into what I wanted to say, I actually wanted to read off because LV had uh, given oh, us yeah. just some of her thoughts. And I feel like there are some things in here that I do want to delve into a little bit. Mm-hmm. And stuff that, you know, does uh, lean into ultimately how I feel where I enjoyed my time. But I feel like so much of my interest comes more in the contemporary, like knowing how Big O fit into the greater scheme of anime during that time. So, uh, to quote LV, I don't recall ever watching or trying it when it first aired, but I have mixed feelings about the Big O. Uh, given that Sunrise helped uh, do some work on the excellence that is Batman the Animated Series, I too would be impressed with what I have done to try to do it again. Unfortunately, the Big O feels like a meager attempt to recreate the former. The animation in all the action sequences are slick AF, and there are many beautiful shots and compositions. They work within their respective artistic suits, but not together. I personally do not think the tokusatsu elements blend well with the noir mystery aspects, which is a shame, because I think in a different direction it could have succeeded. The best way I can describe this is if you were to cut the first half and the second half of each episode respectively and compare them under a microscope, they do not feel like they fit in the same puzzle. This contrast mm-hmm. is apparent with the clashes between its high-octane Saturday morning cartoon opening theme song versus sultry piano ballad as its ending theme. If it was all supposed to be intentional, it feels more unplanned and unpolished. The cases and monsters of the week fell a little flat to me as well. Each of their sob stories barely resonated, perhaps because it all boils down to the main issue of the show, the story. The whole time I was bugged by the fact I did not know what is going on. How can I care about anything if I'm saying they're confused? So are they in a simulation? Are people's souls being put into the robots? Was that supposed to be a Planet of the Apes, it was worth all along moment? I feel like I gained memory loss like a Paradigm City resident myself. The series does way too much hand-waving with these suggested grand themes about gods and creations, but does very little to commit to explaining anything along the way and what the hell is exactly going on. I really wish it was all just distilled to the simple format of a dude and a robot and a cool butler solving cases with big robots. And from what I read, it just sounds like it gets even more confusing further along. Oh my god, they really just wanted to put Bruce Wayne in a mech, didn't they? There are so many great examples of hard-boiled mystery serials attached with some suggested, weird, otherworldly elements. I think of the first season of True Detective. I think of the pale arc in Disco Elysium, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think these are all touchstones the Big O wanted to hit on to some level, but it sadly missed, accompanied by all the uncertainties that probably came and went with how much TV ratings really mattered to influencing a show's longevity back then, especially considering how ambushed the team must have felt that the Americans kind of saved the show. God, it feels like Legend of Korra all over again. Mm. And I think there is definitely a lot to say that we're ultimately... I did enjoy my time with the Big O. I felt that there are definitely some episodes that I can't remember as well, honestly. But then I'm thinking about, you know, the stuff with Schwarzwald was definitely fun. Having that recurring villain. It felt nice to have a 
lead up into what are these mysteries of Paradigm City. And as you get deeper into it, a lot of these come back to this idea that, you know, people are remembering what exactly happened to the city or how life was before this big cataclysmic event. And that's ultimately affecting them and just the way that they actually interpret reality in the city. At the same time, it definitely felt like the show wasn't ultimately like wanting to attach itself to that as much as at least presenting the ideas. And part of it, it just reads a lot to me of a lot of the influences that come around from the show. I know that it's mentioned, at least from the design standpoint, that there's a lot of inspiration from 60s and 70s mech design. Uh, I do believe that the person that eventually worked on Mazinkaiser did work on Big O, and it definitely feels like a blend of a super robot aesthetic, but then mixing that in like with a realer, just serialized uh, narrative and setting. I think there's a lot of like gusto in that. Like I would love to see Columbo with a mech. Like <laughs> I think that would just be very fun. But then I also think about, you know, this is Sunrise in the late 90s, right, like, pre-2001. And not only, this is not the only show that they are working on. Alongside some success from Gundam OVAs and gearing into serialization on that end, they also, this would also be a show on the tail end of production with Cowboy Bebop. And alongside their work with Batman the Animated Series... It feels like there are so many um, influences there to try and make this similar to that. But then also trying to match that to that old 60s, 70s aesthetic. Wanting to have episodes that you can just tune in, watch, and it's not going to matter what order you're watching them in. Because they're supposed to be self-contained and serialized. But at the same time, you're trying to build that story and try to build into what this big mystery is. I decided to also get into the second or the first episode of season two, which in itself is kind of weird because technically this was supposed to be a a whole order of 26 episodes. But because of ratings, they couldn't necessarily complete that second batch until you know, Toonami ultimately pulled in and said, hey, you know, come by, we'll figure out a way to, like, get some money in so you could actually finish this up. And it definitely rings more like trying to continue a narrative that you're already building up, but by that point, there would have already been two years out of pass between the original airing of the Big O and then getting into the Big O season two. And, I don't know, it's just very... I look at it a lot more with curiosity. I did enjoy myself ultimately. Like I thought I had a, like I had a lot of fun with the characters. I really enjoy Roger Smith. I think, you know, whatever character White and Neon White is supposed to be, I think there is a lot of Roger Smith in there. Mm-hmm. As much as like it's easy to go, oh, it's like a Spike Spiegel type. I think there is much more Roger Smith associated. I also think Dorothy is very fun. The butler is so like enjoyable in terms of just having that Alfred Pennyworth. Again, like the comparisons are there, but I'm not going to mind it because I like seeing those archetypes yeah. when they show up. 
I think it's just like there is so much more that the show would want to offer. And part of it is that I have yet to get into season two. But, you know, I was thinking about it, like finishing up on episode 13, where, you know, we get introduced to RD, uh, this other android that's supposed to look like Dorothy. We're maybe getting a little bit of this idea that was Roger, a kid that was tested on to, like, uh, sustain these memories. What exactly happened to Paradigm City, which may or may not be New York, uh, to make it so that everyone lost their memories and everyone lives in this weird just delineation of haves and have-nots where, you know, the person that may, may or may not have the key to all that is also just saying, do you really think humans would be capable of possessing the power of God? Which, I mean, yeah. I would be curious to see what gets pulled up there. But, like, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Just seeing that last shot, not knowing whether or not there would be a season two of Dorothy and Roger just piloting the big O together, getting ready to take care of these foreign... Uh, mega deuses and it's just like i i wa- i wonder the anticipation someone might have felt or thinking about you know 2001 like opinions on media just being like that's it yeah i feel like trying to structure this in a way that makes sense i don't want to like go all in on lv since obviously she's not here to defend herself or like to explain more but i kind of think her saying that i felt like a citizen of paradigm city who didn't know what was going on is like that's the point i think like i think that's literally the point of the show (laughs) like there's this very like there's all this these vagities and this like lack of explanation that it's like really meant to reflect like these people are just doing things right like Despite this happen, the world turns on and there's this emptiness inside of everyone, this feeling of like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I am anymore. Like, was I someone else? Was I someone better? This idea. And it's like, it's not fully fleshed out or anything, but I do think like that's the way that everything is delivered does reflect that in a way that I really liked. But I do think also that you Mm -hmm. are right as well. Like it... It is very, like, I think, like, if this had been, as much as I am fascinated and in love with the concept of works that are expanded upon later, after a lot of time is given to think about it and what you want to do with it, i.e. Twin Peaks The Return, for example, um, it's like, I really do wonder, like, what would that original next 13 episodes, because, like, there really is, like, the way you structure series composition you are fixated on an ending right you plan out your ending and then you work your way to that ending most of the time that's how most shows end up developing and this is like like, mm -hmm. you have to wonder like what would would the path have been that much different from season two like i bet the ending of season two is probably where they were going to go with it but it's like i feel like I really do wonder. This is me having seen a lot of season two as well at this point. Like, 
it's such a different vibe that it's like I wonder how much would have been like it doesn't feel like with season two that there was a lot of um a backwards reading where they went back and they read everything and then we're like okay 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 I got it I'm gonna do like this is actually foreshadowing this thing that I'm going to do in episode 17 or whatever you know it doesn't feel like a lot of that it's just it's such a strange show to me uh no definitely I mean like I know that it technically isn't part of the like uh batch of episodes that we saw but watching episode 14 you mentioned Twin Peaks. It definitely felt so laden with an energy of Twin Peaks, uh, also end of Ava. Yeah, absolutely end of Ava. The card Just, cuts to, like, the fields and stuff like that. Like, it's very... Yeah. Like, ultimately, I think there is a message of understanding your circumstance. You choose to be the person you are in the now, and that's the most important thing. You can remember, you know, a version of yourself that did exist... But that's already happened. You can't go back and change that. What matters most is being able to actually go forward and, uh, you know, take care of what is actually capable. Like, what you are capable of controlling. Cast in the name of God, ye not guilty. You know, does that imply those that are not blinded by this idea of a was? I don't know. That's the way that I could read it. And I, at the very least, I do understand as well. Like, again, I think Twin Peaks is a very solid, like, ethos or a point of comparison to bring up in terms of just when you talk about mystery, there's a way to create mystery, uncertainty, suspense, where it's like, oh, you know, there are pieces here that I could try and put together, but I don't know if necessarily everything will fit. And then there is also uncertainty in the fact where, you know, I don't think these pieces are supposed to fit, and it seems like you're trying to make them fit. Yeah, definitely. And I, as an outside observer, can notice that. And I feel like it's very easy for things that try and be the former to slip into the latter, I think the big O definitely has moments where it is like tiptoeing. It's a very, yeah, it's very much a tightrope of like going into it where I can see why LB would say like, Hey, you know, I feel like someone who's lost and in a way where on one hand, yeah, you know, to an extent there's definitely so much, like there were so many moments where I'm like, Oh, okay. I got it now. And then, you know, enjoyed the ret like, enjoyed the uh, falling action of the episode because it's like, ah, all right, this is what we wanted to get out of it. And then there were definitely some other things where it's like, eh, I, I guess I won't really like push on it too much because I at least want to, you know, still psych myself up for what's coming up. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, also, that is the thing I was going to agree with LV was there are definitely these parts to it that are, um, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say tokusatsu. It definitely feels a lot more like the Batman, the animated series, the alter ego, pull out the Batmobile type shit. Um, yeah. But it does, it definitely does feel like there are, or on some episodes more than others, definitely in this case, 
it really feels like it's like, well, here's the robot fight. We got to have the robot fight in every episode because it's called the Big O. Um, And that in general, like, feeds into, like, this is, despite me liking it, and the reason I think I like it a lot is because of how much charm it has from its presentation standpoint compared to a lot of shows in recent times. Um, Mm -hmm. For an original anime, especially seeing the amount of, like, effort put into it is really, like, good and we talked you mentioned this rather in the uh, in our chat about season two like seeing how like oh they switched to digipad stuff and it, it does look different and it's like it, it takes away a little bit of charm for me just because of it's like you can tell how much effort was put into it beforehand not that you can't see with the other one but it's a very different vibe i mean there too i also noticed specifically and again you know it 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 is hard to talk about Big O. See, like it, it is hard to not bring up season two, if only for the yeah. fact that there is that lingering sensation of this. Technically, is part of season one, mm-hmm. but no. It's like I also noticed in that first episode, like they were cutting lip flaps to match the dub. Yeah, like it. It very much is. I think the. One of those early instances of a U.S. Japanese co-owned like animation series, but specifically, I mean, th- th- there were plenty of those in the eighties and the nineties. TMS made so many of your favorite cartoons as a kid. You were basically already watching anime, uh, but in this way, where it is still so, you know, a Japanese presenting show. But then again, it's the back and forth of, you know, animation that is inspired by the 60s and 70s. What were those animators inspired by? A lot of those early Disney comics and cartoons and Fleischer animation. And so it, like, circles around. Like, there is so much I can think about in regard to the big, Big O as an aesthetic, like, drop of just how so many things are going on in this back and forth dialogue. And that's not even touching anything else about the plot, the, yeah, you know, the shadowing of more or less having the superhero whose superpower is having means to, um, whatever it is I need to take care of to having this idea of a serialized version of an anime, which they exist. They're around it's not like they're impossible, but it very much is something that like mimics the aesthetic, not just of a Messenger Z or a you know Tessagen Twenty Eight. It's also matching those early detective comics. Mm-hmm. It really just felt like when I was watching it that it was just the most we're making an original series and we're going to just fuck around and see what sticks while we're figuring out how to get somewhere and then it's like oh shit we don't have time to get to the place we want to go Mm -hmm. the only other main main thing i was going to say was um with regards to dorothy dorothy all-timer love her so much i really wish the fucking show wouldn't damsel her all the time (laughs) Because it's yeah. like, man, just let her talk, like, let her go along and, like, let her just say, like, her shit to Roger. And, like, mm-hmm. that would be fine. But, like, man, it was like... The cat one really sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was that one, and then, like, it wasn't the fucking next episode, the Beck episode, even, like, right after that? I don't... Yes, yes. And it's just, like, back to back. It's just, like... Mm -hmm. And it's not that bad, because it's, like, man, listen, I know how dire uh, views on women were in 1999, but in in, uh, media, anyways, specifically. Um, But it's just, like... And it's not, like, outwardly offensive or anything. It's just the type of thing where it's, like... Man, you made this great character. Don't you want her to do stuff? Mm-hmm. Instead of just, like, using her as a plot device. Like, she's so much fun. They have clearly have so much fun with, like, an- you know, animating her, foleying her. Like you said earlier, like, it's great. You love to see, like, her fucking just, like, expressionless face just fucking being like, you fucking suck, Roger. And it's like it's fucking great every time. It's just like, man, you guys don't know how good this thing you have is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, John? I I think in general, like I was very positive on this series, even though if I agree with uh, parts of Maverick's criticism, it was just like I'm very much the type of person who gets caught up in a vibe, and I'm like, if the vibe is good, I'm fucking stoked. Oh yeah, like mm -hmm. I was the same here, like. It it was just a it was just a blast, all the cool moments, um, very very memorable. Uh, this is definitely the kind of thing where, um, you know, I I mean, again, I might have watched it as a kid, but I'm starting to believe I didn't, because if I did, I probably would have like more memories of like being on the playground and accidentally punching my friends in the face, uh, trying you know, to do the thing, play, yeah, yeah, play Same acting, thing. Video, yeah. yeah. Um, cause like, yeah, I, I have, I have plenty of memories of doing the same thing, doing that for like Pokemon and Dragon Ball. So yeah, I probably, I probably would have been obsessed with Big O as a kid. And like now as an adult, I'm watching this and I'm just like, oh fuck, I got to go buy like a poster or something, you know, <laughs> like that's the kind of thing, uh, it is to me. I just, I just love the vibes. Um, it's definitely a ha- solid mech design, like, Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, like the 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 robot itself is just fucking cool to look at, and you know, like I said earlier about how they love to showcase how it works. Like you could just see that because they they loved it so much, they were able to showcase all the different things it could do. They're just like, yeah, it can shoot a beam out of its head. Yeah, it's got like missiles and shit. Oh man, that's so cool. How's that gonna work? Well, this is how it's gonna work. Here here's how it does it. I think that, love it, love it, love it. That's my problem with season two, honestly, just from the get-go. Like, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about season two, but it's, like, mm-hmm. there's this very, like, big move away from the cool, like, ta- like sorry to say tactile again. I'm just, I can't remember the word I was thinking of the entire time I was watching it. Um, but just, like, that really, like, visceral, like, moving parts stuff they get away from it and then they just start making like fucking razaphon mechs that he's fighting Mm -hmm. and like they do this thing where it's like oh look here's the big o's hud it's not just that message scrolling and it's like well what's the fucking point yeah i mean a lot of like mech animators designers and stuff are also just military Mm -hmm. and like mechanic otaku yeah, and I guess it's just the like that's what where it was yeah. going, right? At that point, Evangelion was so fixated on HUDs, right? That it was like yeah. yeah, which I mean, I mean, again, Ano is definitely someone that like pound for pound will go on about 
the inner machinations and stuff, but definitely was doing his own perspective of that, you know. How does an AT field work? How does the LCL fluid work? Here, it was still in that very... Like, I, I immediately think about stuff like Gal Gygar, which are very... Or like, uh... Well... Yeah, no, fucking Anomade Gunbuster. So he's very... Yeah. Uh, he, he knows how to make a robot look like it's got guts in it. And... <laughs> you know, Big O does something very similar. And ultimately it is from the fact that you're just pulling from one uh cluster of otaku and then when you have to broaden that scope which ultimately is what happened for season two uh you know what what kind there's no american kid like actively naming the different like fighter planes that were like around for different like media they didn't have tintin hmm <laughs> Uh, th- this is a message to give your local small child a copy of uh, lots and lots of trains or lots and lots of planes. <laughs> and one day they'll grow up and draw the sickest shit of all time. One, yeah. You ever just love to see a thing get built? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very off topic here. The only the only part of Red Dead Redemption Two that I liked when I was playing that was uh there's an entire sequence where they show them building an entire ranch and i'm like oh yes this is great <laughs> i love seeing hell yeah fucking build the floorboard yeah fucking put up those stupid frames let's fucking go <laughs> well, we do have uh uh some, yeah some written in uh comments and a question drop so. it off if you want to send one in go to videogamechoochoo.tumblr.com slash ask and both of these are from Robin. Rose, you could just, like, holler across the house and just be like, hey, come read these now. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, first off uh, is the comment here. I have a lot of nostalgia, but I think it's easy to see how Big O blew a lot of kids' minds when they started on Cartoon Network two decades ago. Dorothy Owens and the Gona Guy-type super robots work with the anachronistic Z-retro Batman world design super well. Tomatoes are best plucked ripe. The tomatoes... They, that was a good bit. They they get yeah. they get more into the tomatoes even. Good. Good. And then question here. If you had a summonable super robot with a really dumb name like Big Duo or Giant Robot, what would it be? Oh. Hmm. I would want something that's like I'm like closing my eyes and I'm like envisioning something here. I need something I'm with gonna... wings. I'm sorry? I need something with wings. Hmm. I am going on a horse name generator. <laughs> so you're going for like a name here. I was just I was just thinking about a design. Like I'm just sitting there like I want I want wings. I want a big face and I want like I want a spear. That's my I like concept. That. Spear's for good. A robot. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing now after you just saying that all of this, that it's absolutely, I was liking the mechs in, uh, this because it very much reminded me of, uh, Gurren Lagan instead of Gundam, which I have been watching recently. It was a mm. lot more like that. For sure. Yeah. I like when mechs are dumb. I like when people don't know what they're doing with them. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm going to name mine Reaper's Curse, 
because I'm always saying that from Tales of Berseria. <laughs> Uh, and it'll be really cool, and it'll have a scythe like that uh, cool Gundam from that bad Gundam. Oh, Death Scythe? Yeah, Death Scythe, that one. It'll be really cool. Yeah, that's one of the good ones. That's a good Gundam series? Oh, not a good Gundam That's series. what I meant, yeah, that's what I say. It's the good one from the bad one. Yeah. Naming it fucking All I Need. Uh, or that would be like my call sign. It'd be like, all I need. That would be really good, though, is the thing. I like that. Because I can picture yeah. you as a big O villain doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what it would... I mean, fucking... Ooh. I, I, I am using the horse name generator, and I, I think I got a good one for, for, for a robot. Lunatic Lottery. Oh, oh I like that. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't know what the design would be. I might... It's tough, because there are so many mech designs. <laughs> and, like... And you can keep going, too, past what exists currently. Just go, just go with a vibe that's... The, like, what is your favorite type of weapon? I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out, because there's my favorite type of weapon... But then there's, what would I want a robot <laughs> What would you want your robot's favorite weapon to be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, like, a little, like, a fucking Tachi doesn't hurt. Mm. But that's because I did just play, like, Cold Steel. <laughs> I was, I didn't want to say it, but. Like, the, also, how can you resist the that. Tachi in general as a mech? That's, like, the I, iconic. I'm trying to get away from just saying I want to be the fucking Ashen Chevalier. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I don't. Well, ultimately, I'm not a fan of, like, Valimar's design. Uh-huh. Like, give me a Tachi, but do something closer to, like, Gunbuster. Sure, sure. And then give it, like, a cloak. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, okay, first of all, that's, like, the number one thing. Remember when they showed that, mas- like, fucking Master Chief with this fucking Snuggie or whatever, like, for that one yes. game? It was like, that looks sick as hell, though. It's really cool. Anytime they do that, when it's on Shadow the Hedgehog, when it's on a fucking mech, it's even better, because it's like, that mech is wearing clothes. Base.exe. Fuck, exactly, exactly. Base.exe is the best concept ever. It's the fucking sickest shit of all time. And I think of it even better when it's like this is a cloth that is like three hundred feet tall, right? Like this is a fucking cape that had to be custom made. And, and technically, Gunbuster already has that. Yeah, it does the Buster Shield? Oh, Gunbuster's so fucking like good. Gunbuster's great. I uh, again, no, no hate on anybody that has watched Evangelion. I think there's so many people that have benefited from the views of Evangelion. I've literally watched everything around it, and I feel like I don't need to watch it. <laughs> or rather, the catharsis that I would experience from that narrative, I have already felt through experiencing Noriko, through experiencing Diebuster, through experiencing Fully Coley, through experiencing Gurren Lagann. Would Dorothy be into Ava? I think she would think it was pretentious. Even though it's, like, really not... So you'd be like, who is that blue-haired woman? <laughs> Roger Smith, do you think we have a, a case for this? Should I call up our lawyers? <laughs> uh, well, and they're the fucking ones who... 
<laughs> You're like, nah, nah, nah Dorothy. Uh, the less we yeah, say, don't, the don't, don't, don't bring <laughs> it don't up. Stir don't stir the pot. Don't stir the pot. All right. Is that enough about the big O then for now? Do we want to move on? I like. Uh, I. Oh, uh, last thing. Yeah. I like how much of a little like fucking like to the brim prim and proper motherfucker roger smith is we all have to wear black in the morning i need someone playing the piano so that i can gently wake up yeah not too sure much I have my dinner <laughs> every single night i have my dinner prepared unless i have to say otherwise it's very funny <laughs> like that's very much what a bruce wayne type would do my favorite thing about him is still the, the, there's just like little subtle character things for him where it's just like he knows he can get away with anything he's very like i'm a little guy what are you gonna do like all the time where it's just like there's like when he goes and visits fucking um dustin at the uh at the at his like military police place and he's just yeah. always going through his file cabinets and he's like what the fuck are you doing and he's just like oh haha like every time yeah it's just like oh he's just a little fucking motherfucker it's great i think i really do again i i'm not finished the second season so i can't judge completely but i i just really wish that this had had if all like 13 episodes immediately after just i mean yeah, i think yeah i'd be fascinated i'd just be fascinated to see like would it have the same problem where it like keeps spinning its wheels for a while would it have figured out where it's going was it really like going to start like proper like sort of like how gurren lagan like opens up after its time skip right like that type of thing mm-hmm. like just really it's been so long since I've had to think about, like, a what-if like this, <laughs> I think. Because everything is just so, like... Yeah, either they just sort of sunk cost fallacy at, like, the Aquarium anime, where it just is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they just, like... It just exists, and it's, like, fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Yeah. Fucking... Uh, back arrow. Back arrow. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, it's... Man. So can we say that we have come to terms with... Yeah, no to be continued this time. It's fine. We have come to terms. They they haven't been doing that in season two at all. Man. Theming. Theming. (laughs) America. Oh, that's one more thing. The phone call at the end of every episode to tell the next episode title so fucking good they nailed it they got it that's such a great idea more people need to fuck around with their next time on because you can make something really special if you do i always love the fucking common writer ones especially for build where it's just like them fucking around every time like oh i guess i'm reading this this time uh fuck like that that type of thing it's great it's good it adds a lot of character yeah now we've come to terms. Now we've come to terms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, speaking of character, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's the best way to... Uh, you You want to talk about some bad characters, Maverick? Oh, boy. I want to pick your brain about Teppin, whose second episode was canceled because Shinzo Abe fucking ate it. What's going uh, on? What is going on with Teppin? I mean... 
so with the third episode, they finally like subtitled the rap at the beginning, which I realized, oh, okay, each group is getting a chance to like introduce themselves and actually like go on a bit about their like thing. I believe they're also trying to do a thing where the beginning is introduced by like a comedy routine by one of the groups and then they bookend it later at the end. And I'd be more into that if only it weren't for the fact that they want to focus on I I would say their least interesting like uh team who are also the protagonists. So uh this third episode had the girls from Bullet Konoichi uh, working. Uh, they started with like some like dumbbell contest, like lift the dumbbell, see if you're a winner. And it's a uh, Bullet Konoichi and Akadari Kingdom. I think their name is the the three girls that are not the protagonists, and then the uh, country bumpkins, for lack of a better like. Uh, delineation. They get to go be on like a, a Batsu game. Basically like, oh, you'll come, you'll compete, uh, you'll do like stunts and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, we're gonna have like fun laughing at your reaction. But, uh, you know, oh, Twist, the dude that's doing it, like, wants this to be a like a fantasy fulfillment thing. So like, oh, this girl's gonna run through a door to get an incorrect answer and land on a like nice mattress instead of, like, you know, getting tarred and feathered or whatever. Uh, We're going to do rock, paper, scissors. uh, And, you know, whoever gets it races to hit you with the squeaky hammer. And then if you lose, we're going to paint your face. And then we're going to do it with, like, uh, actually giving you really nice makeup. Which, you know, uh, that bit is fine. I get it. And I think there's at least enough, like fun to be had of like these girls being like no we want to get fucked up like if you're making us do jackass let us do jackass like please let me humiliate myself for the sake of comedy do not just make me like all spruced up and whatever and uh we find out with like the girls in Bulakunichi one of them uh is actually the daughter of, like, a husband and wife uh, Monzai team. And it's like, oh, you're technically, like, comedic royalty or whatever. And then we get to the end of the episode where it's, like, uh, it's coming down to this idea of, like, oh, I don't want to be prim and proper. I want to be fucking nuts and wild. Because one of the other ones is also, like, getting propositioned to be, like, an idol. Oh, of course. And it leads to this whole, like, ending paintball team. Like, oh, man, everyone's uh messed up and stuff like we like this isn't pretty this isn't proper this isn't girls 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 what happened to my show and then young yy shows up because i guess that they were doing a delivery for lunch and the guy loves them so much that he makes them do an idol song and they're embarrassed that they're competent idols and then the show, the, the episode ends on, like, the character insert song that they did. Ugh. And it's like, I did not see these characters all day. 
they showed up like once to set up a decent like uh punchline for like the rich girl team and like the one like uh moocher where it's like oh we're gonna go do like a takoyaki at a so-and-so's restaurant oh is there a gig like is this a paid gig no okay see ya like that's fine that's fun they're just the blandest team and the three-person uh manzai structure really is just showing like how weak that is as a concept because with two people you can at least say okay do i like the funny wise guy more or do i like the brick wall straight man more do i like the over the top uh scenario building or do i like the reaction just the inability to comprehend what's going on it makes it easier to say what you prefer and also to an extent you know build your own understanding of comedy oh do i appreciate the scenario or do i appreciate the punchline the reaction here it's just like again everyone is having to support these two pillars which is weird because then it just means that, like, for every team, it's just like, oh, there's one unfunny one. And it just happens to be, like, not that they're not the straight man, but it's just like, oh, who is the least interesting person out of this trio? Oh, in the Country Bumpkins, there's the nice-looking one, the other nice-looking one, and then, like, the runt who just comes across as a brat versus, you know, mm-hmm. actually fiercely, you know, uh, in love with her, uh, prefecture. Uh, the aliens still don't do much. The rich girl who's just mooching off of everybody is probably the mo- like the best character in this whole gaggle and everybody in young YY, I just do not care about. I think, like, in general, the idea of episode three of your show with this immediately pivoting to, like, talking about idol stuff just really reflects a lack of, I don't want to say, like, originality, but, like, interest in actually expanding upon your core concept before falling back on the old standby. (laughs) It's a flash-in-the-pan kind of reaction. Yeah. I I think there is a genuine through line and a plot point there of like oh no we want to be you know women who do manzai comedy we want to be funny we want to do jokes we don't want to put ourselves through the veneer of an idol or a personality that's primarily being sold on our cuteness factor Mm -hmm. even though you know every single team is designed to have members that are cute and appealing to eventually sell merch. There are 15 characters for you to latch on to so that you can at least get one that you can eventually buy like a figure or a keychain of. But we won't say that out loud. Yeah. Because we want to still put up this idea. Like, I don't know. I I should probably drop Teppin, but I'm still just... <laughs> You want to see, like, what can happen? Like, what, like, will it become something? Yeah. Like, like, I laughed at the rock, paper, scissors bit because someone kept getting hit with, like, a squeaky hammer. Yeah. That's classics. Yeah, that, that's classics of joke. 
<laughs> but I don't know. It just showed Shinzo getting murked. <laughs> I think it's That's very funny. Everyone talking about Liquor's Recoil is going to be canceled, and <laughs> it was fucking Tevin instead. <laughs> like well, no, just see, the insanity. When, when they're shooting guns as you know extensions of the state, then it's good. Uh, you, you just talk about Liquor's Recoil first, real quick. Uh, I'm only on episode two, so I don't have that much to say. I was just gonna say I I think it's great that because I was kind of worried when people were suggesting that, like, oh, geez, maybe it will get taken down because it's like. It is in favor of the Japanese state, but it's clearly, like, a sense of commentary, right? To an extent of, like, hey, this is why Japan's crime rate is so low, haha. You know? Uh, yeah. That type of thing. But it's like, I'm glad that this is still going. Uh, in general, for an original anime, this has had a much stronger uh, first two episodes than most that I have seen in recent times. Yeah. I think it, it moves along at a good click. Um, time will tell whether or not the uh, pacing's all the way there, obviously. But um, you know, slowly opening up around these characters, uh, it's it's pretty pretty good to me. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I I definitely think it passes the three episode test, just because mm-hmm. third one you know comes back to sort of what um was established out of episode one and really sets in motion sort of a. I think it really gets into what the show wants to talk about, what it might want to look at in the future, and I don't know, it, it at least feels like it, it's very tongue-in-cheek about, like, oh, this is the reason why Japan is, like, uh, such a great state, or such a great nation, because, you know, we have people in the shadows actively taking care of, like, um, stains on, like, society. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is at least a want to be able to say, like, the truth is that there is someone that is actively trying to be considerate of people. And regardless of the people that, like, have to either order her or stick around her, like, that altruism is ultimately what's going to, like, help a lot of these situations. Fucking trying to remember her name the blonde one uh chisato uh, yeah, okay i was going to say chisei for some reason no chisato is honestly a very good character yeah and it works that she is the support like just such strong writing and characterization yeah my my only concern at this moment is for takina um she's been fine so far but it's like I think my concern is only coming from how many girls in anime there are that look look and talk exactly like her, you know? So it's like I'm projecting yeah. like the I'm projecting the like beyond the boundary girl onto her basically. Yeah. People like no, that. Again, I think like episode 3 definitely solidifies an arc for her at least and even like shows the progress into that arc. Yeah. I I uh I really hope this ends up salvaging my hope for there being good original anime in the modern era. <laughs> because I have just 
I know I've been saying it so many times over the last couple of years that like, man, every time I watch an original anime, I'm like, what is going on here? Birdie Wing season two. Okay. Yeah. We do got that though. Oh, we do got that though. Yeah. Man. January, right? That's what they said. Uh, should be January. Yeah. Sick. Oh, Birdie Wing's so fucking good. <laughs> See, I just don't even consider it in the same field. I'm just like, that's Birdie Wing. Right. That's different, you know. That's uh, yeah. Birdie Wing is for geniuses only. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a real five head anime. It's made by a bunch of geniuses. That's for sure. <laughs> um. John, uh, you can talk Hi. about this just because I'm curious about it in general. Yes. Uh, Uncle from Another World, the Sega series, as it might be known as to an extent. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people were uh, interested in the show because uh, a lot of the like Sega heads out there were talking it up. Because, uh, yeah, there's like a manga that's been going on for, for a good while. Um and yes, uh, the, the, the titular uncle is a Sega nerd. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, the, the basic conceit is it is a show about a, uh, a man who was isekai'd. He was hit by a truck and is in a coma for 17 years. But he wakes up and his older, his nephew, who's, you know, now like, like 18, 19, I guess, some, something around that, like now an adult, um, is the only one who, uh, cares to, uh, take care of him now because like the family basically tore itself apart trying to like basically shove care of the uncle onto them um but the uncle reveals that while he was in the coma he was in fact isekai and he has all the powers that he got still uh, in the in the real world um so they promptly use those powers to become very slightly famous on youtube um (laughs) like enough to make enough to like pay the bills basically Uh but that's it um and so it's it's the the whole show is basically just it's it's two types of jokes it is the uncle is out of touch and geez isekai is really dumb isn't it but i think both of them are yeah but both of them are good like the the isekai jokes are not just, like they're the kind of jokes that you would expect but i just think they're really well done like one of my favorite jokes that they've done sorry to kind of uh explain a joke here oh that's fine but um uh like the show the show starts off in 2017 um you know and and then it goes into the start of 2018 like they are very specific about the time and they are because uh the uncle like reveals that he met a an elf girl who was uh verbally unkind to him but helped him out in his travels and the uncle the entire time is just like yeah she was saying all kinds of mean stuff to me why would i want her around i kept trying to ditch her and the nephew is just sitting there like, oh, my God, he, he got Nisekai before he before he watched Sundari Girl anime. He doesn't know how lucky he was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just jokes like that, like making fun of these tropes. And 
like it, it's all in like a loving way so it's not just like oh we're doing this but we're making fun of it and uh like i i think that it, all in all it is just like just it's just funny it is just a well-structured comedy that i think if you are aware of anime tropes you can get a kick out of like it's definitely not something that i could be like oh everyone should watch this but like anyone who's just like an anime dweeb and can, and understands what they're making fun of would absolutely eat this up. It it's just it's just funny. It's just a funny, well done show that I absolutely I like. I I, I definitely think you two would enjoy it. I will definitely give it a whirl because I was waiting for you to test it out for me <laughs> because I've been burned on the this type of thing before, obviously. Um, no, yeah, it definitely seems like like it was de- it was definitely a show. Like as I was sitting down to watch it, I was just like, yeah, this is definitely something that could very easily just yeah. be very boring, very just trite or just like inappropriate or just like gross. You know, just being like, oh yeah, he's the the shithead uncle who's gonna be doing gross sex shit in another world or whatever but no it's they they very much just make it to be like very goofy it is very goofy and like it just has a lot of fun with the tropes that it has and like just yucks it up about it um like i mean again if you want to if you want to know how specific they get into it uh I, I watched the newest episode, so there's three episodes out so far. And uh, the the inciting incident of the third episode is that uh, at the start of 2018, YouTube updated their policies and made it harder for smaller YouTubers to make money. So they're like, <laughs> fuck, we need to get another couple hundred subscribers because if we don't, we're not going to make any money because of fucking YouTube. Uh, like, <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just stuff like that that is the that, that the comedy comes from. Um, it's, it's dweeby shit, but it's dweeby shit that, like, nerds these days get, you know? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. That's, that's, like, the main thing that I was worried about is, like, there's so many of these series, like, I remember the, the, the worst one of all time, or, like, I don't even have to name one specific one, but just, like, all the Sword Art Online shit, right? Like, all the, like, mm-hmm. things like Sword Art Online and Sword Art Online itself are, like, not actually based on reality or anything. It's just envisioning this like fake world and this fake idea of what video games are. Yeah, like I, you know, uh, uh, sometimes it is funnier to just like have like a character like vaguely reference a thing that's real, or you know, have like a stand-in for something uh-huh. or like censor it or whatever. But here, I think the comedy is actively added to by like having them very explicitly talk about like you know the the, the nephew, like the uncle being like like how sega doing or like or like how, how is how 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 are what are the big consoles right now and the nephew just being like yeah sony and nintendo are the big ones and he's like what about sega and he's like dude sega hasn't made a console in ages you know like it's just yeah like like the fact that they're actually like using the names of the companies and all that does actually add to the comedy and so yeah i i i i would absolutely recommend it to y'all it is it is funny it is it is it is just a very funny show i will probably give it a whirl then because I was, I was yeah. waiting for you, <laughs> your safety warning, basically. No, absolutely. You know full well how I think about Isekai. So, I mean, even in the previews, I was at least like, oh, this at least sounds neat. Yeah, I... Man, like, I... I really did just watch too much fucking isekai that it's like, even when I was like, for the longest time, like, I was like, you know, I like, I like my re-zeros, I like my... 
you know, like stuff like that. Like there, there can be good things in the isekai. I love my stupid slime anime, stuff like that. And then it's just like, oh, like there's just so much dire shit out there. There's just. I think no, it, yeah, it, it's it's the kind of thing where it's just like there are definitely good isekai out there, but it is definitely the it it is not the norm, which is no the, the big bummer about <laughs> very it. very much not yeah it, it, exactly. So like yeah, they they are very much just like making fun of a lot of that stuff. But I I also feel like the people that are making Uncle from Another World like do kind of enjoy that concept. Yeah, they're working at the in... least they don't hate it. Yeah. So it's just like yeah, we're just like lightly ribbing this. We're having a good time and we're we're more making jokes about the characters and the like the way that they act instead of just like like yeah, that's the thing is they're making fun of the tropes but they are also using those tropes and using making fun of those tropes to make jokes about the characters. Like mm-hmm. that that is why it succeeds, I feel like is because it is about characters first and not just like parody 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 they they have all these like layers to it it is not just one thing it is it is it is multiple things working together yeah ah, so we could see we could expect uh uncle from another world to hit the usa block uh sometimes <laughs> i don't know we'll see it is it is a netflix exclusive so i don't know if anyone's going to be swooping that uh swooping that up but uh, uh God, yeah. they they are actually releasing it week to week though which is which is nice thankfully it is just right they have cool. moved on to that i thankfully yes. for it seems like since last season i think was when they started doing it cuz it was like i really do think like as silly as it say, I think that is what made people not talk about part six of JoJo so much compared to all the other parts. Like, just it definitely didn't help. <laughs> no, we uh, like I talked about this, or my friend brought this up when we were at the beach. People like having an event. Yeah, they like having and a ritual you, too. Yeah, you like having a ritual. You like having a thing to come back to. It's why, you know, a little bit off topic, but everyone getting really excited for the rehearsal mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. for all good reason one because yeah nathan fielder is good at what he does but two that is a week-to-week event that you can go to talk with people about and just enjoy i i think we're retroactively seeing a return to episodic weekly viewing and just because like We've done binge watching. We we have had an excess. Mm-hmm. The the binge at portion of that is now fully, like, um, viable there, and not not to say like oh you can never do it. like the the idea of watching a series in its totality at your own time is still there and available, but if you actually want to create a sort of buzz about it and actually have discussion. You need to have that ritualistic event focused element to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anime has not deviated from that for the most part. So that makes it very easy to continue. Even just, you know, the fact that every other week we come by and like talk about what's been going on. If, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm just glad that we're all able to enjoy these sorts of things more especially because yeah like i i talk talk to like co-workers about the rehearsal and it's just like nice to be like ah yes this is something that i can recommend to people and they have an episode to catch up with not like oh hey, not by a the whole way, thing this. yeah 
Yeah, here's this like nine episodes that you're gonna have to that devote fucking, your time to. Man, when I found out that Stranger Things season finale is like two hours long, I was like, "What are we doing, folks?" Yeah, like what? <sighs> um. Anyways, anime. Um. <clears throat> uh. Do uh, you know what's not good in anime? Uh. Is what Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer anime? It was really bad. Oh. Yeah, I, Rose. I, again, I, I I like tweeted this out, and I have expressed this to you multiple times. Like, I feel so bad for you and like the other Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer fans because like this is something y'all have been waiting for for a long time, yeah. and it's just like it's this half-assed, like poorly made. Uh, it's just like, like I don't even know. Yeah, talk, talk more about it. Yeah. So the, my main thing is, I came away from this all with a prevailing notion of why even bother making this? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Like, this is a series that is. Well, I think it's this is the fifteenth anniversary. I think. I think that's the case. Uh, that was why this was announced to begin with. Maybe twentieth. No, I think it's fifteen. But anyways, like. You're making an anniversary, yeah, 15 years. You're making an anniversary series for your anime, or for your for your manga. You're, like, emotional manga series about, like, opening up and working your way through trauma and stuff. And you're like, hmm, I'm gonna make it look like fucking, um... Oh my god, how have I already forgotten what it's fucking called again? Uh... It looks like the fucking uh, Glipnir anime. That's what it looks like. It has this horrible, like, fucking 2008 military shooter filter over everything that makes it brown and orange. Uh, everything's, like, moving like, really slow. It's poorly animated, like... And that all is, like... I have, like... A fondness in my heart for things like badly animated anime like i love fate stay night dean like the studio dean anime adaptation just because it's like mm-hmm. there's something charming about how bad it is almost mm-hmm. um and it's like there isn't any charm here they're accelerating through what is already like a short chapter in like the most insane way possible where you're not given any time to like actually reflect on what's happening um we're just sort of moving along. There's this thing that happens a lot in light novel adaptations that we've talked about. Like, I remember when we watched Harui and I was complaining about how it was like they hadn't quite figured out how to make a Monogatari series yet. So, like, the entire <laughs> series was a lot of a fucking main dude of Harui just talking in his head or whatever. Mm-hmm. In a way that was really unelegant, unlike, you know, like, when you have Aragi talking about Monogatari, you get all these insane illustrations and cuts and stuff. Um... This is the same thing as the fucking Harui thing, where it's like, but, but except they're not showing the dude's internal monologue at all. <laughs> Instead, uh, so it's like where it, a nor a bad, if I would say like a normal bad adaptation of this would be like the Harui thing. This is just completely other direction. Like they are not expressing any of his internal thoughts at all. So this dude seems like a sociopath. <laughs> um. The main character such a weird concept. It's just insane. Like the, the whole thing with the main character is in the in the manga, there's a lot of um not not to get into spoiler, I'm just gonna talk about stuff that's in volume one or whatever. There's a lot of stuff going in with the main character where it's talking about his past, how he like his abusive grandfather and other stuff, and how like that taught him like to be basically like 
apathetic and misanthropic like this idea that like everyone is out to get you so you shouldn't make friends and stuff like that and like the series is about him gradually like working away from that and stuff like that and they show this through like this like illustration of like him in chains like when he's upset or whatever like that they show the chains for like a split second here in the manga they show it constantly like it's like a mental blog like they'll show his inner monologue and they'll show like chains like it's this very like deliberate intentional metaphor and the show just doesn't get it it's just like all right those chains uh draw them in chains once i don't know (laughs) and the real thing that got me is that at the end of the episode there's this whole thing where it's supposed to be like oh the main character's like well why would i want to help you stop the biscuit hammer why do i give a shit about that or whatever and the girl's like well i want to stop the biscuit hammer because i want to destroy the world um because that's like the whole conceit of the comic is like this girl's twisted in her own way or whatever and she's going to do this specific like like that's what wins him over is he's like fuck yeah okay you're you're fucking crazy with it or whatever sure let's do it and in the in the show it's just like he's actually scared of the biscuit hammer (laughs) like he's actually like oh damn that's fucked up and she's like yeah well i'm gonna destroy it and he's like oh okay cool (laughs) and it's like what are you doing it's just like I don't understand why this was made it just feels like it was made by people who don't like you know like that those articles that were going around a few years ago about how people there's a ton of people with rising literacy rates and stuff like that where like they're being taught in kindergarten and early grade school stuff to just read the pictures instead of the actual words and like derive a context from them just from the pictures that's like very much what this anime feels like like it that's feels like up. they just looked at the manga as a picture book instead of like actually being text which is insane because like planet with it's a very like text like inner monologue like heart to heart style series um mm. i it's just fuck man. i don't know why they made this it's really sad because uh, I think this could have been, like, a nice little addition to, like, even if this had been, like, a, um, I tried to think of, a, like, a low-key studio in anime right now. But it's just, like, I don't know, like, Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer has that st- sort of art style that's very, like, budget manga in general, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. And it's, like, I would have been fine if it was just, like, you know a bad mid 2000s anime adaptation or something but like this is so much worse it's like a clamp yeah like a clamp i think that would be great like i think that would work just fine like i'd see them be like well they sort of like sped through a lot of stuff but it's fine you know like that's yeah what i was hoping for <laughs> at the worst case scenario instead this is like i don't know why this was made I don't know why this was made at all. Because it's not like Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer is like a barn burner, you know? Like, it's not like it's the big thing. Like, it's not like it's a... Like, I love it. It's a it's a fantastic work. But I, it's not like a hidden gem that everyone's, like, hyping up all the time, right? Like... It's, it's an obscure niche story that if they, you know, would have... Like, they... they, they, they 
if they were going to make a big deal out of making an adaptation, they should have put effort into it. Yeah. Instead of just crapping out something. Like, because if, 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 if this was the quality that it was when, like, if they had made something like this when that manga was yeah. coming out, it would have made sense. But, like, here, it's like, we are celebrating this amazing story that we know that you all love from the past and then it's just like anyway here's this turd we brought it from the yeah street. and it's just like why like once i found out that this is the studio that's made um oh god fucking is it uh my first girlfriend's a gal and that's like it i think <laughs> oh i think that's it I'm, I'm gonna have to check this again real quick um God, that is yes, dire. that is it's it's the people who made the all they've made is my first girlfriend is a gal, infinite dendrogram. If you remember me fucking talking about that, how that was like one of the worst adaptations I had ever seen for something where it just made no sense a few couple <laughs> years ago. Invaded and fucking dramatical murder. In invaded was like maybe the best thing they've done. <laughs> And even oh, that, I believe it. Even that was like that came out the same year as Somnium Files, and it's just worse. <laughs> Somnium Files. It's like they've worked on a uh, <sighs> Termi Romai Novi. Oh, and of course, my sister, my writer. Right. Of course. It's like like who uh, could forget? Yeah. Because you were talking, you could give this. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking about it before it came out. When we were talking about the studio that was making it or whatever. That it was the Thermi Romai Novi people or whatever, um, and that it was like you can get away with it being like very budget when you're doing like a tiny little thing like that. You know, it's not it's not something with like a history behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was thinking about it. If you want something that at least is not like breaking the bank with budget but still knows how to work with what it's there jc staff yeah honestly a jc a, uh, jc staff would be better i would take a bad really did a good really good job with executioner and yeah I that's true also worked on demon girl i was even say like with how bad a lot of a1 pictures ones are i would take a bad a1 pictures one over this like genuinely i would take a budget bad a1 pictures joint over whatever the fuck is going on here I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, with Licorice, it feels like A1 is actually, like, getting to be A1. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Kaguya, right? Like, it's... When they want to go for it, they fucking go for it. And then the rest of the time, it feels like they're just not paying people. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was thinking about it as soon as I remembered that this was even up there. This reminds me of fucking Hoshinengi. I don't know if I know that. Let me let me see. So Hoshinengi is like this manga that came out from like 96 to 2000. 23 volumes. You may have never actually like seen oh, anything for it because yes. it was serialized that but it's like it's such it's one of those things that it's like, "Oh, this is definitely something that people like gleaned into in the formative like ooze of anime prior to like you know, the quote-unquote big three being a staple. But um, in 2018, they finally made an anime adaptation for it, and people, like, were livid because of the way that it got treated. Not because it's, like, this is necessarily a series that has, like, a level of prestige to it, but it's just, like, you know, why this anime, after so many years 
after like so many people that would still be on board for it are probably just like, eh, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. It's been a while. And then to just botch it in a way that people do not care about what's going on. I just want to be at the meetings. I want to be at the meetings where they're like, like, even just with, I don't know who would handle this. Like, I, you'd have to assume the creator has some say in it, right? And it's just like, how do you go there and you're like, yeah, the studio that made My First Girlfriend's a Gal and Dramatical Murder, I think I want you to do my sad trauma story. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, because it's, it's not even like Loose from Biscuit Hammer is like a complex thing to animate. That's the thing that really gets me. It's a lot of just talking and they still fuck it up. <laughs> oh. Anyways, I'm not making myself suffer anymore with this. So you, this is the only time you're going to hear anything from me about it. I have, I'm not going to torture myself because it, it was like, it hurt me. It hurt me deep seeing it like that. It's a bummer. Uh, I only read that series like three years ago or something, and I still thought, like, I thought it was amazing when I read it, and it's just like, man, a curse upon this world. Hmm. Maverick, I do want to pick your brain about Dawn Brothers. I'm a little behind you, since I'm always behind you for some godforsaken reason with everything. Uh, (laughs) But Dawn Brothers, it's an insane program, right? It is wild. I have... It is, like... You want to talk, like, unrestrained series. Uh, So, I I feel like there is some setting of the stage to get into. Yeah, yeah. There is... It it is a show that is very much tied to the history of Super Sentai. So, you know, we've talked a lot about Kamen Rider on this show. We have definitely gone into a bit about how Tokusatsu is the save it like bits and pieces where Ultraman is definitely seen as a staple of Japan, maybe not as immediately out in the wild as, um, you know, other aspects. Common Rider hits this even towing of like still popular in Japan, pretty popular in the states it's now seeing multiple like dv like blu-ray releases um attempts to bring more content legally into the states and just make it more accessible it's interesting to see that come up super sentai while definitely you know maybe second oldest with the uh creation of go ranger has been consistently on air of, like, those three with, you know, Ultraman starting in, like, the late 60s and then having some on and off uh, continuations. Kamen Rider having a break during the 90s, save for its movies, and then just really stepping in into early 2000s Heisei writers. Uh, Super Sentai has been consistently around had its success or had its recognition through the bastard Heim Saban uh, adapting Mm -hmm. it into uh, Power Rangers. But, you know, that is just one series of the multiple that they have uh, went ahead and created. And when you have a series running for that long, there is moments where you kind of have to think like how 
much longer can we uh, let this series continue? How much longer can we be able to perpetuate what we have going here? And Super Sentai is not uh, unknown to have those moments. It's just that very recently, it's definitely been seeing another dip in terms of toy sales, in terms of, I would say, just public opinion, uh, interest. If you asked me, like, a few years ago, like... Or if you would ask, I think, the average, quote-unquote, tokusatsu fan, they would usually say, like, oh, Kamen Rider's where I go to for the stories and stuff. Super Sentai usually feels a little too kitty. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, ultimately still stuff for a child to consume and to, like, get product out of, but that still speaks to the level of narrative. I don't really agree with that, because when I heard it, it was, like, Tokuger and Gaim, and I have, like, 180 <laughs> of my opinions of both. <laughs> oh. Go Yeah. But, um... Oh, man, I didn't even... Uh, I mean, yeah, no. The man himself. It, yep. But here it leads us to Avatar Sentai Dawn Brothers, a Super Sentai series, which is a direct, like a direct sequel, more or less, of the uh, Tokusatsu series before it, uh, Zenkaiger, which is the anniversary show, uh, penned by Joe, or I'm trying to remember his full name, penned by uh, Inoue. Someone who already uh, has been a part of this. Uh, okay, Toshiki Inoue. You know, a writer for a lot of different uh, Tokusatsu series. Has worked on Kamen Rider Fies, Kamen Rider Kiva, uh, Zio. Has worked on Gokaiger, another anniversary Sentai series. Uh, specifically here to note... Uh, he worked on Chojin Sentai Jetman. And that is more or less seen by uh, some people as another example of, you know, Sentai being now 20 years old. And they don't know whether or not uh, it's going to really have legs or 15, 17. It's been a few years now since that original Go Ranger. Is there still something left from the tank? And in a way, writing Jetman is sort of a way to say, hey, here's a new example. Here's a new formula that we can use to go forward so that we can still keep this running. And, you know, we come to... Basically has not written a Sentai series in 10 years. But then they're like, bro, we need you to help us out. And he's like, all right, all right, let's see what we can do. And so we have something that's focused on the story of Mamutaro, an old Japanese folktale of, you know, kid born from a peach, uh, is very dutiful to his parents, uh, adoptive parents, and ultimately says, I need to go take care of this quest, and come accompanied by a dog, monkey, and a bird, goes to the island of demons and... Uh, is able to defeat them, have them swear fealty, comes back rich and successful. And that's that. We have a very loose interpretation of that, where we have our main character... Well, 
it's hard to say main character because again, the way that this fucking show is like uh, structured is bonkers. But we have Don Momotaro, the Red Ranger, uh, Momoitaro, bo- found in a peach-shaped capsule. Not not just a beach, but like a robot peach. Yeah. Uh, is raised by a uh, surrogate father and is basically like so good at everything, is the best at anything that he does, but he is also very affectionate of people. He loves to meet people. He believes that every bond, like every connection uh, or chance to meet somebody is a new bond forming and all it, that it really matters when it comes to things is just the strength of those bonds and what they lead into. And that's sort of the kind of person that we see leading this eccentric group. And then from there, we also have, uh, let's see, we're introduced uh, to Haruka Kido as the first character. Yes. Uh, 17-year-old, like, aspiring mangaka, and her first work is uh, getting an award, but then it's uh, said that it's plagiarized, and so she her whole life goes into disarray, and in an attempt to try and, like, clear things up or get things together, she is mixed into the role of uh, Oni's sister, the Yellow Ranger. Her quest is to swear fealty to Momo Itaro and be able to help him in this ensuing uh, battle. Alongside them are... Oh, man, I wish this was better formatted. Shinichi Saruhara, a wise but eccentric young man who does not believe in having a job. This guy fucking owns, also, to be clear. That guy, like, rules. Yeah. Who is the uh, Blue Ranger Saru brother? You also have... All right. Uh, Siyoshi Kijino, a 33-year-old uh, salaryman who has just been married and is the Pink Ranger, first male Pink Ranger. First male Pink Ranger. We also have... Uh, He's also, like, the we, world's I, biggest wife guy, which owns... World's biggest wife guy. World's biggest wife guy. And uh, Tsubasa Inuzuka, a 24-year-old struggling actor who is currently a fugitive after being falsely accused for a crime he did not commit which we'll learn about later, and is the Black Ranger. Uh, you might have already seen the Pink Ranger and the Black Ranger if you have seen any footage <laughs> of Dawn Brothers. Yeah. These are the Rangers that are CG to fully CG composited. And it is not a good look, I have to say. For as much fondness as I have in my heart for Dawn Brothers, it looks fucking bad. <laughs> it sucks and it's so good. It sucks uh, and it's great. And it's I just love like it. a. There is just like a complete like you're witnessing like the people making it not give a single fuck, right? Like you are seeing like they're like yeah, fucking watch that pheasant, watch this fucking guy with ch- like why did they make him have giant legs? They chose to make him look like that. They chose to give him an insane design that would look bad in CGI. <laughs> they yeah, made that little guy rocks. Shadow the Hedgehog. It's so good. <laughs> um, I really, 
I, I think I think I'm finally at the point where the show started to really get like a structure in a way. It really felt for a while that like things were just sort of arbitrarily happening and it was insane and I liked a lot of it, but it was also like I don't think you guys know what you're doing until like episode like 10, I think. And then it like really starts to when they, once they introduce the um the beasties, is that their name? The Beasties. Yeah. yeah. Once they introduce that, I feel like they really start getting more of an idea of what they're going for. Um, because uh, having watched my wife watching um, fucking uh, Zetai Range. Is it Zetai? No, it's Zen- Zenkai? Zenkai Rangers? Zenkaiger. Zenkaiger, yes. yes. The one before it, right? Yeah, the one before it. Um, which this is, again, like you said, a sequel of. It's like... It's really strange how much was just like those early episodes they're just straight up reusing things from or like mm-hmm. like the first like eight episodes or so they're really just reusing things like they don't even get the megazord their own megazord mm-hmm. uh until like episode fucking ten right like they're so to be very like um uh, to to give a actual like a setup on things you know uh god none of them know each other yeah none of these guys know each other so the first time that we get into the battle scene it's like uh haruka is like thrown into whatever's going on and she's just like oh my god are you uh and it's the pink ranger and he's like what what are, what are you doing here get back i gotta go and save crime and he transforms um and then everyone else comes in already, or it's the Black Ranger and the uh, Red Ranger who then come in already transformed. The gag is, and what happens is that you, the person watching, know who everyone is, but you also get to see everyone slowly figure out that they are a team. And there's like, a moment where eventually the yellow and the blue ranger figure out like, oh, okay, that's who you are? Cool. Let's team up and fuck up the red ranger because low-key this guy kind of sucks and we hate him. Uh, and then eventually they team up with the pink ranger and then they figure out like, oh, okay, we're actually all working with this guy and this guy has already been connected to us in some way because we've already seen him or like, oh, he worked at my company or oh, he, you know, told me such and such. And so they have, where I have last watched, everyone knows who they are, except for the Black Ranger. And then there's also stuff that's coming up between, like, Inazuka and Kijino, just based on, like, relationship stuff. Kind of. They haven't said anything either way. It is just... So many threads are happening at all times, and there's a character who's like a black and white version of the original Zenkaiger from like the last series. You never really get any like setup on what you expect are supposed to be like the villain analogs or like the villain rangers are also kind of like doing things their own way that aren't necessarily in opposition yeah just sort of like dom brothers alongside they show up sometimes like a virgil fight yeah like like they 
they're the ones that are like, oh no, the bestials are coming. And it's like, oh, okay, you know what's going on, but you're not necessarily like sure how that'll affect everything else. It's such a, it's such a, like, seeing this tweet that you've linked and then going to the connected tweet where he really does say he uses his premonition and intuition to write each episode. <laughs> like, fuck me. Like, I cannot stress to you, like, I don't know how much we're explaining, like, this show is fucking insane. They don't, like, like, they don't stop. Ever. They don't stop ever. They don't stop ever to, like, talk about something that happened. Like, they just sort of go on. They just keep going. This, they say that the bestials are coming. They don't explain what the bestials are for the longest time. They, like, just start fucking just having a dude. They ex- they introduce the bestials by having a bus explode. Okay? With a bunch of people oh, yeah. on it. And then, the, then it goes, like, oh... Everyone's alive, but they're missing from that bus. And then they go, damn, the bestials are coming. And it just cuts to this dude who they showed on the bus. And he goes into this ramen shop and he just starts ripping the meat out of everyone's ramen bowls and eating it. And then, like, he just emits smoke. (laughs) And then he leaves. And it's like, that's all you get. We're just going on to the next thing. Just think about that for a little bit. Like, what? It's like, it's so in opposition to the common Rider formula where I would say common Rider like over explains things at times, which is, which is honestly fun because it's like, they're just like creating the most elaborate explanation for their stupid horse shit. This one's like, nah, you don't, who gives a shit? They're going to get, they're, they're going to fucking turn into Robo Momotaro. Okay. Okay. They're going to, he's going to become Robo Momotaro. <laughs> the, uh, the villain or like the monster of the week is like the Notoi, which are like, enhanced emotions of shit but it's like um the fucking first episode where it's like a kid yappy that wants to like be the best ping pong player and he gets so absorbed by that then he like is challenging the greatest like ping pong players in the town with fucking like tearing up public property yeah and turning it into like a ping pong table and mind you all of these monsters also then have to correlate to specific Sentai series. Yeah. Because they're all... Because it's technically still a continuation of an anniversary series. Like, they all have the ability to change into another, like, uh, Sentai Ranger if they want to from, like, whatever series that they have available. And it's literally, like, part of the fun at some points is just, like, okay, what mon... What vague monster design does this end up looking yeah, like? Yeah, like the fucking pirate about? one was just like, okay, sure, why not? Uh, there's one where, like, the Pink Ranger ends up becoming the monster of the week, because that can happen, and oh, he has the, uh, yeah. the car ranger, and <laughs> it literally just, like, the, the design's fun there. I like the episode where the monster is the Jetman uh, episode, which anyway also worked on, where it's also like this weird love triangle that's going on for like that one episode, which also relates, I think, funnily enough, to the love triangle in Jetman that is 
Not the greatest, because I don't think Inoue always knows how to write women. <laughs> he doesn't have enough intuition for that one. <laughs> he, he doesn't have... Look, man, that tweet's so good. <laughs> it's really the monkey guy. <laughs> when the monkey starts getting the coal. <laughs> but God, it's... It is full neuron activation. I. It's just like... It really is. Just like, if you just want to be like... If you just want to loot, like, if you're like, man, I don't, I'm thinking about too much right now. It's like, turn on fucking Dawn Brothers, okay? You, you're not going to be thinking much longer. Nah. Not about those things anyway. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Oh. Uh, you're just going to be singing the theme song. Dun, dun. That fucking opening cinema, like, the, the animation, I don't even, the choreography, everything about it is haunting. It's just like, oh, I don't even... Yeah, it's great. It's great. It is great. Whenever fucking Don Momotaro shows up, he's on a whole palanquin. Yeah. And he has dancers. He has dancers. It's a festival. It's great. Everyone, be lively. He is such a, like, shitty little motherfucker. He really is. He's actually Don Momotaro. I really like the... I do like that duality between him as just himself and as Momotaro, where it's like, when he's himself, he's like, he's still an asshole, but he's like, way more like, rude about it. He's like, way more like, self-serious. And then like... Yeah. When he's Momotaro, he's just like, fuck you! (laughs) Because, yeah, Momotaro's kind of an asshole. He is, yeah. (laughs) Um... Also an asshole, the Pink Ranger. I fucking love that episode where he just murks someone. Oh, yeah. It was like, I, I know that it's going somewhere, but it's just like, it's really funny that it was just like, this dude like harassed his wife, so he was like, hmm, you know what? You're not getting friendship saved at the end. <laughs> at the end. Yeah. <sighs> it really does like... I don't want to say, like, this is one that's for, like, adults at all, because it is not, to be very clear. It is not. But no. It has this, like, insanity that I feel like you can only truly appreciate once you have really, like, seen what else that medium has to offer. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. There's such a, like, manic nature to it that is unmatched. I struggle... Like, I thought Revice was insane... And then I watched Dawn Brothers. <laughs> and it's like, Revice seems quaint in comparison. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, goddamn. It's good, though. I, I'm glad you're watching that. I, I need to watch a lot more, but we, we're scheduling it. We're, we're doing it in, like, four-person watch parties. And let me tell you, that is a fantastic way to watch that show. <laughs> Especially with people who, like, haven't seen a Sentai before. Just seeing them be like, What? what mm-hmm. uh. which i mean is fair though because again some sentai series are very plotting Straight. yeah just very like it, it is not incorrect to say that they definitely some series can come across as if i'm told to write for a child i'm gonna be very deliberate yeah just slow let's not go too far or anything like yeah yeah I think, like, really, really watching my wife watch so many Sentai, like, she's gone through, like, three series since I since we've moved in together. And it's, like, comparing even, like, Zenkai Inger to, like, the fucking um, Ninja one, 
the samurai one. I don't know if it was ninja or samurai, but that one. Ninja. I think so. That one, like, did they have crosses on their faces, or did they have like? I think they had just crosses on their faces. Okay. Either way, that one was like the most like Sentai ass, Sentai Power Rangers ass shit. Like of just like we all live in this magic castle and yeah and then we we go and do the thing and there's nothing wrong with that but it's like you compare that to don brothers and it's like (laughs) these are the same like franchise like it's honestly great i love it i love it all the way i think it's great um john do you want to talk about finishing kong ming and then we can wrap it up if you want i know there's not much to say but yeah, I don't have too much to say. I'll just say that I definitely feel like I didn't like it as much as a lot of other people did. It just kind of happened. Eh, it was alright. No, I'm. Uh, I think I said this last time. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I loved. I really loved those first like six, seven episodes. Six, six, six. Probably six mm-hmm. episodes of Kong Ming. And then, like, after Kabataijin's arc finished, and I was like, this is great. I love having all these guys together. It really does just feel like it got caught up in this, like, arc that is really bad to do once you introduce all the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a reason that a lot of, like, shonen. <laughs> it's insane to compare this to a shonen, but it's, like, a lot of shonen shows, like, literally take forever to do arcs for some of the characters in the group specifically because Mm. like you need to build up a reason to care about them in the scope of the group you know first before you really start like fleshing them out in a sense and sometimes that's like not the right way to go about it but i think here it really would have been better if they had done some like you know indie touring or something first together Mm -hmm. show kave actually rapping with her (laughs) i don't you know Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with you. It's uh Did they ever ex- I think it it could have stood to be go- st- it could have stood to have been goofier for a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just like it, it, I said this last time but it gets gets caught so much up in that like wow, here's how music is created and individual voices are found that it just does not work for me at all. It just feels like such a like insane way to look at things Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is also just baffling from the perspective of like this is a gag manga about Mm -hmm. kong ming being your strategist for idle stuff not idle stuff but you know but i i would be willing to see a season two maybe it would be better me too i think it could i think they could really fix things up and get back to Mm -hmm. what was good about parts of that first season uh, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of, like, <clears throat> I think Spring has a lot of shows that were just like, you know, we're giving you at least enough momentum. Maybe go check out the manga yeah. and see how that's yeah, going. Definitely. You like it? Ooh, I think we could maybe do a season two. And thank God Birdie Wing got that season two again. Not to He got that fucking out of nowhere. I am like. so fucking glad. It's, everyone loves it. What's not to love? It's great. It, it got it as it was building the bridge to get there. Yeah, they were like, all right, well, we're not going to fucking finish this unless you give us a season two. Because everyone's like, but who's that? Who? Who? Why Why do we not see them yet? And they're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you, you'll see in season two. 
It's like, are you getting are you getting a oh. season two? Uh, <laughs> sunrise. Speaking of sunrise and season twos, am I right? What do you? <laughs> it all comes back around. We've come to, <laughs> We've come to terms. Oh, yeah, <laughs> God, uh, I do just gotta say it real quick because. Oh man, this is yeah. Where Teppen was one where I'm already just like, eh, this sucks, and I don't have much to like go off of. Uh huh. Yuri Deco is. I'm sad that I don't like it. Because you want to like it's. I want to like it so bad. <sighs> I love the look that Science Aru has produced. I really think that it's good to just have a series that wants to be avant garde and one or. Yeah, series is a studio that wants to just push itself in a different direction. I really don't want to have this be an example of, oh, you know, Science Haru was good when Masaki Yuasa uh-huh. was doing everything. Because uh, two episodes, we're on episode three now, and since first starting it, you know already said i had enough of a like uh i had enough beef with the the main character barry Mm -hmm. trying to do that thing where she's trying to coin a phrase as if everyone has always said this this is just my thing this is my bit and it's like it doesn't feel organic it feels like you want me to say this alongside you and i don't want to do that Similar to the uh, Deuteragonist hack having her own, like, uh, mannerisms and uh, tinkerings and quirks. And it's just like, these feel very produced in a way that I'm just not gelling with. Right, like, and it's not like something that comes out net. Like, it's not like someone just says something insane because they're fumbling over their words and it becomes, like, a bit, right? Like, it's just, like, they're just saying it. They're just saying this insane thing. And it's, yeah, like, or it's like why? Yeah, your mannerisms are just... Why... Why is this a nerdy birdie? Why is this glitchy-witchy? Why... Why are you counting in Zecto, Octo, uh-huh. Hepta, Beta? Like, what's the purpose? The internet society feels very contrived. Where it's like, this third episode basically had Hack uh, trap. Also, if you haven't noticed already, Hack Barry. Uh... Tom Sawyer. Right, I forgot this was the fucking Tom Sawyer series, right? Episode oh. three, you meet uh, the character Finn, uh, the femme-presenting character. Right. Uh, and then you also meet the uh, black character, uh, Hank. Hank Finn. <sighs> you get it? <sighs> you get it? Yeah. You get it? I got it. Um, oh, I'm looking but anyway, Finn and Barry are do, going in like the deeper internet to procure documents in order to try and then disguise themselves as a public attorney for Hack's trial. 
because Finn is able to create a capacity for it, it, it just feels like th- there is a way to do internet as society. And I don't think Yuri Deco is like confident in doing it in a way where it still fits with what they want to do aesthetically. Because they're still doing like, you know, oh, basically, internet is on projection. Likes are your money. Uh, you can go and explore these virtual escapes. But then it's like, okay, if I'm exploring this as myself, if I'm interacting with the internet as myself, do I need an avatar still? Do I need to have, you know, little character that represents me, even though I can basically go into the internet as me? Where you have, you know, Decadence, you have Summer Wars, you have Belle. uh, And yeah, two of those are Hasoda, specifically (laughs) because there's at least a guy that understands separating the self and the artifice while still representing how both are like interconnected. And this is just doing it really sloppily and in a way where I really don't know if I'm interested to see what the mystery of the island is. Why are these people, uh, Yude, ghosts? Because they are, excuse me, because they are like unregistered to the system. Which, you know, love to have Barry go, man, it must be cool to be a ghost. Like, yeah, love to, <laughs> love to have no discernible rights in my society, homie. <sighs> Which, the episode before it, you know, she finds out, oh, both my parents are working as, like, data moderators. And they have to, like, delete um, stuff that's not good. How can you do this? Why are you doing this? And it's like, why do you care? Legitimately, why do you care about data protection? Why do you care about, like, internet censorship? What What is your modus for caring about this stuff? If all you've ever been is someone that likes to hack your um, computer... To just mute when you're on Zoom class so you can talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't shown me why this becomes about you. And I have to believe in your altruism, which I don't think is there. Again, I... I, I just, like, why would they make this? Again, not to keep saying this, but, like, really, like, it's the type of thing where it's, like... Why is it Tom Sawyer, you know? Like, it's very strange. To what end? Like, are you making a message about it? Are you just doing the thing that, like, a ton of anime used to do in the past where you're just, like, saying things? Because it sounds. I don't know. Because it's a known thing and it's like, whoa, it's like that. There's some. Yeah, there's just something to be said for, like, this has happened. I, I've noticed this a lot in anime specifically recently. I mean, it, it's inevitable. It, I mean,. It, it's not so much happening in a lot of um, 
in the Western sphere only because it's like, I feel like there are so many insane production meetings with like budgeting and everything over here compared to how the anime industry is where it's like just this insane thing of some dude decides a pitch that your studio is going to follow up on. Right. And this just feels like, it's like, why, why are they making this? Like, what was their goal? What was the message they wanted to convey? Who, who like looked at this and then went like, damn, this is awesome. Like, I, it just feels like it's Again, just like, Yuasa is a known quantity. So it's like, just fucking let him go. I mean, th- there is a capacity. Like, I get what they want to get to. Yeah. I can see the foundation of, you know, oh, is it right to censor things online for people's security? Is it right to discriminate solely based on a lack of, you know, inclusion in a system or um, access to technology? There are tangible things there, but I don't feel like the person that is writing this or the people that are working on this can fully step in there. And, you know, this is definitely something I could see you also working on and uh, confiding to in some extent, but he's not there. If I want to see what he's working on, like if I'm going to want a Yuasa story about alienation and finding yourself despite a system that is actively working against you, I'm going to watch Inuo. Because <laughs> that's very blatantly shaping up to be about that, among other themes. I at least feel confident about hot tub time machine blues because i do <laughs> trust the director uh-huh. oh um fucking <laughs> tatami time machine blues i liked your version uh a lot more <laughs> i knew exactly what you were talking about too though so it was like yeah but yeah no i i, I do believe that one will probably be like i trust the director of sunny boy because i did like what i saw of sunny boy i gotta go mm-hmm. back and watch that still uh, oh, really the rest of it. Finish yeah. up where I was. Yeah, yeah, I need to watch it full stop because uh, someone I know just watched it all recently and seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, like I, I trust when there's a vision there and that there are people doing it, but this definitely feels like yeah, it just feels like it's uh, half ideas almost. I could see this as an anime that like. The Azokin team, literally, like, the three of them would do. And Kanamori would be like, what are you doing? L- like, like the joke would be, oh, Kanamori is out sick for the week, so let's see what we can do. And, you know, it's like a very, like... Because I see bits of them. I see bits of those three in these two characters... But it's not gelling in a way that makes me think fondly of the Azokin trio. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to rush out anything, any half-finished thoughts about this. But I, I don't know if you're going to continue to watch this or not. I might. I don't know. Like, again, there is so little there that I'm yeah. interested in. And there is definitely a certain Canadian out there that is telling you what to watch because, you know, that's his job now, which, good on him. 
But uh, I'll disagree and say that there's less. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take the summer to uh, watch stuff that you may have uh, missed out on or just... You know, yep. haven't been. That's what I'm on. doing. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about this. I'm just going to say real quick. I've I've been uh, watching uh, fucking Haibane uh, Ranme, which I have never seen. Instead, and that's pretty good. Watch something like that. <laughs> An old yeah. series. It's uh, it's good. It's really good to watch old series. Uh, in general, it really helps you appreciate both how far the medium has come and also the parts where it's gotten away in a bad way, you know? Uh, not necessarily a way that makes you, like, nihilistic or anything, just, like, a way that's like, huh, I wonder what the world would look like if we had gone down this route or something like that, you know? It's interesting. It's fun to think. And I also think that that about does it for the show. Great transition. Nailed it. Unless we have, is that is that a, is that it? You think? That's all we got. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Well, thank you both for joining me and talking about the Big mm-hmm. O. I love the Big O. Thank you for making me watch the Big O, John. Uh, I we, mean, I made myself watch it. Too, yeah. I mean, so uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So I think we both went here. We both went here. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, patreoncom VGCC. Three dollars gets you everything one week early. What are, what are we watching this time? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, I was going to work that into some sort of thing, but you're you're right. Okay, sorry, I should have no, I should have led with that. You were right. Um, we are watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Oh God, how do I pronounce that thing? Uh, wasn't it like the specific one? Is it the movies? No, it is. It's the uh, the, t- 13. the thirteen episode. Is it D something? Or no? Yeah. It is? Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Die New Thies. Die New Thies, thank you. That is on High Dive. I believe. I believe. Uh, okay. Because I, I believe High Dive has all the Legend of the Galactic Heroes stuff. Mm, okay. They, so, they didn't for a hot second. <laughs> they, they did not for not a hot second. That's, that's exactly how I know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, people were talking okay. about it, how it vanished. So, I think to actually clear up some confusion, I forget if... Uh, Dinuthis uh, is on High Dive. It is on Crunchy. It's on Crunchyroll, and the rest is on uh, High Dive. Has the original series. High Dive has the entirety of the Legend of the Galactic Heroes OVAs from the eighties, nineties. Okay, okay. So it's on Crunchyroll. Sorry, it's on Crunchyroll. But yeah, we're we're gonna be watching that. Okay. Yeah, and uh, patreon.com slash VGCC. Uh, we do want more Patreon suggestions. We're running through it. We still got, like, you know, the rest of the year probably scoped out, but it's always good to have more Give options. Us more. Give yeah. us more. Yes, I'll probably please. do a little ping in the uh, server chat mm-hmm. at the patrons later because I was thinking about yes. how some people might skip this portion where I'm just doing the ads if they happen to be a subscriber. That's fair. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Again, thank you both for joining me. Uh, we're going to watch that for in, in a month. Talk about Legend of Galactic Heroes. Um, until next time, this is Unlimited Railworks, and I hope you have a wonderful day, night, week, month, year. See ya.
Such a man. 